listening to episode 45, chapter 1 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're talking to Don Everts. Don Everts is the Content Development Manager in the Global Ministries Division for Lutheran Hour Ministries. A poet and preacher at heart, Don speaks at conferences and churches across the country, inviting skeptics and believers alike to gaze at Jesus and be thrilled. Don spent the last decade working in the local church and 14 years before that working on college campuses with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Whether in the church or on campus, Don has walked with non-Christians as they discover the person of Jesus and has worked with Christians in being able to fruitfully do the same in their own relationships. We want our kids and our homes to be places of safety and well-being. In addition, most of us want our homes to be a place of growth and vibrancy. But when we wake up in the morning and life is there to greet us with all of its chaos, spiritual growth and vibrancy in our homes seems like something we'll never reach. So how is it that we can bring spiritual growth and vibrancy to our homes when it feels like all we can do to keep our family alive from one day to the next? What is it that makes some homes spiritually vibrant while others seem to never quite move past the chaos? This question is one that we wanted to find an answer to, and, as it turns out, so did Don Everts. In this chapter, Don gives us an overview of his latest research in partnership with Barna on what makes a home spiritually vibrant, and what they found is good news. Don, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be with you, Chris and Josh. Really excited to be talking uh, to you about your new book, The Spiritually Vibrant Home, The Power of Messy Prayers, Loud Tables, and Open Doors. Um, Before I ask you our traditional opening question, though, about why did you write the book, I realized something reading this book that I didn't know last time when we talked to you uh, last year about having spiritual conversations, Um, and that is that this is actually, this book, The Spiritually Vibrant Home, is the second part of basically a three-part research project that is uh, being done. Can you tell us a little bit about that Mm -hmm. research project first? Yeah, absolutely. So Lutheran Hour Ministries, whom I work for, and the Barna Group have decided to um, partner together on a three-year, a minimum three-year research project, kind of looking at three different domains uh, in which a Christian is living their life. So the first year had to do with kind of spiritual conversations, like one-on-one in relationship with other people. And then this second year, it goes out a little bit, and it's the kind of the household, kind of the how how the faith is nurtured and passed on within the household. And then the third year, and that book will come out uh, in October of this year, is the third research topic has to do with how do Christians relate with their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so kind of kind of just uh, taking a different slice each time uh, to learn about kind of what is it like for Christians to pursue and live out their faith kind of in the the different places of everyday life. Great. Well, we're looking forward already to talking to you about that one when it comes out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, The Spiritually Vibrant Home, then. Um, tell us a little bit about that book. I mean, I guess you just filled us in as to the, the mm-hmm. research project. So what are you looking for uh, specifically with this section of the research and uh, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit. Yeah, so so for this one, we wanted to be able via this research to pull back the curtain on uh, Christian homes and uh, to, to be able to find out what what is happening inside of Christian homes. And then even within that, wanting to look at kind of exemplar homes, if you will. So not just homes of practicing Christians, uh, uh, but homes of practicing Christians uh, who say their faith is very, very important to them. And then even within that, uh, the researchers were able to look at kind of evidence of vibrancy of faith and then just asking the question, do those households have anything in common with each other? Are they, are they doing anything that is somehow correlates to that kind of spiritual vibrancy in their home? Uh, and, and so that, that was the start of the research, kind of go and say, what do we find when we pull back the curtain? What are things that we do learn? Uh, and kind of that was the that was kind of the the research curiosity each each research project kind of has really curiosity at the core of it and and that was the core curiosity for this one yeah, I love that that you guys are not just looking for like it's not just a general survey or anything like that. It's yeah, like you're yeah. really looking for the cream of the crop here and 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 trying to figure out, you know, if if all of these households have something in common that are doing really really well spiritually, there must be something that we can learn and, and sure. hopefully then emulate, which, uh, you know, spoiler alert, there is. And so <laughs> um, <clears throat> can you tell us a little bit, though, about how the research was conducted just to uh, break into that a little bit? And because uh, I think that's uh, insightful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there's there's two stages to uh, the initial research. The first is qualitative. And so that's like in-person interviews with different household types. And so the Barner researchers, they sat in a room with some of it was roommate households, some of it multi-generational households, uh, nuclear family, uh, different people. Uh, they sat with them and just talked and talked about life and their faith and and what they do and 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 who all's in their home and you know really broad deep conversations. And then that uh, what they learned from that and picked up on that went to inform these surveys that we created that we then, and this was the quantitative kind of counted up part of the research, uh, where we then uh, surveyed almost 2,500 uh, of, of people. Uh, and those questions that we asked were informed by the interviews with the other folks. Mm. And then you've got the data, you've got these qualitative answers, and then you have this this quantitative research from all these different people. And then the really smart people at Barna we sit down with them to kind of then just analyze, uh, you know, what's statistically interesting uh, in what we found. And then that's kind of the third phase of the research is sort of uh, looking for what stands out, what doesn't stand out, cutting the research in different ways uh, to find out what did we learn? Mm-hmm. What was uh, was there a piece of data that really struck uh, stuck out to you as being uh, odd or something you didn't expect? Just right off the bat, yeah. The one one thing that really popped off uh, the charts to me was the correlation between having children in the household and spiritual habits. And so, and and this is like if children are living in the home, or you know, say there's grandparents and they have their their grandkids come over on a regular basis. I would have expected, like what I expected was, if you have children that spiritual activities like being in the Bible or praying or having spiritual conversations, whatever it is, would go down because we're busy, you know, mm-hmm. and, 
and yeah. we're changing diapers and we're chasing kids around and you know all that. And it's actually the opposite. So uh, it having children in the home. So so I'll give you an example of, of kind of how significant it is. Uh, practicing practicing Christian homes without children in them, sixty-eight uh, percent of households are hanging out in the Bible on a regular basis. But if you have children in the home, the number goes from sixty-eight percent to eighty-seven percent. Wow. Uh, if if you don't have children, eighty-three percent of practicing Christian households, eighty-three percent of them are praying together on a regular basis, and the number goes up to 95% if you have children. And the same thing with talking about the faith. So it was interesting because I was getting all this initial research and then just using it. I I ran a class at my church, just some friends, about 40 of us getting together, and many of the people in the class, not all, but many of them have children. And we were expecting like, well, yeah, I have kids, like, you know, good luck getting any of this done. And so to find out actually having kids is kind of a catalyst um, was, yeah, it was surprising and it was encouraging and um, and led to all sorts of practical conversations, too. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought about it like that either or, or guessed that. So that's really that's really good to know. Um, I'm going to ask a really obvious question here. Yep. And uh, because I think it's I think it's warranted given sort of what we'll say our current Western American culture, at least the way that mm-hmm. most of us perceive uh, what it means to be a disciple to follow Christ. And that is we think of it as very individualistically. Um, it's yes. me walking with Jesus. So clearly my discipleship journey just matters uh, whether I'm reading the Bible enough or whether I'm praying or, you know, <laughs> on and on and on. So I guess I have to ask, why do our home lives matter? when it comes to following Jesus and being a disciple? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I agree with you. I think, I think we tend to, we're, we're comfortable and familiar talking about how God interacts with individuals and, and interacts with us as individuals. And like you said, it's about my quiet time, et cetera. I think on the other end of the spectrum, we're used to thinking about how God interacts with a congregation, you know, so kind of a local community of Christians. But there's this thing in the middle uh, that God actually relates with us as households. Uh, And so why are households important? Uh, One of the things the research project forced me to do uh, was spend a lot of time in the scripture looking at households. Uh, I was shocked to find out that just even the word household is mentioned over 2,100 times in the scripture. Uh, and not to mention all the times it's implied or referenced, you know, without using the specific word. So households are all over the place. And um, so so I would say there's two answers to your question. Why does the household matter? Uh, number one is the research confirms that it, it, it really does matter. It affects our faith, uh, how we live with the people we live with and the habits we share together. And then the other reason is the Bible, that that. God seems to have created the household as a unique kind of discipleship laboratory um, right right from the beginning. You know, you you think about um, uh, when on the plains of Moab, when uh, God is giving the people the law again through Moses and they have the great Shema, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind and strength. And like it's it's kind of the re-giving of the law. And then what Moses says is, okay, now these things I've, I'm telling you, 
talk about them in your household. And when you lie down and when you get up and when you're walking along the road and even uh, put them on the gate into your house and put put it on the, the doorpost. And so from the beginning, it seems that God intended our households to be a kind of laboratory for our faith. Uh, and the latest research seems to confirm that it, our households are really important. Part of what uh, the research has uh, really demonstrated was that you, you guys came up with three habits that are uh, particularly at play for what you know creates a spiritually vibrant home, um, mm-hmm. and that is this idea of messy prayers, loud tables, and open doors. The subtitle you've got there. Um, yep. But what what is this uh, spiritually vibrant home? Can you talk talk to us about like what I guess that picture looks like, or? or, or what it is that we're really implying so we can kind of get a generalized picture before we jump down into the details? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because, again, when the researchers tried to cut in and find out like what homes where the faith is really being nurtured, um, they're kind of comfortable places. They're happy places. They're places where they play and sing uh, and do different things with each other. Uh, it's not one type of household. So so uh, they're multi-generational. They're roommate households. They are you know nuclear households, single parent households. So there's a great variety of what they're like, but what they have in common is a kind of atmosphere uh, that is warm, that is comfortable. Uh, they, they do a lot of things together, not just spiritual things. They do a lot of things together. Uh, they're, they're very open households. So there's a lot of people in and out of the household, uh, in, in and out of the door. And so it's a very, um, I think when I came to this, I was fearful that what we would find is that spiritually vibrant households are very severe and serious and dutiful and disciplined because I'm none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we didn't find that. That that's that was the fascinating thing was kind of 30,000 feet that the faith is nurtured uh, in all kinds of homes, but kind of what they have in common is is a sort of atmosphere and and these three habits that we that we can talk about as well. Uh, but but that's the encouraging thing is they're the kind of place you would want to hang out in. Discipleship is not an individual journey. As we walk with God, we also walk with others. And the people in our households are those with whom we walk closest. This presents a great opportunity, not only for our own growth as disciples, but also for the growth of our families. Working to create a spiritually vibrant home serves to create an environment where Jesus can be present daily and work in the everyday moments of life. And that's what's amazing about the research that Don is sharing, is that we can all create spiritually vibrant homes. For those of us who are messy and feel like we don't have things together, our homes can thrive spiritually. We don't have to be stuffy or serious to be serious about following Christ. Our homes can be loud and chaotic, silly and playful, messy and unorganized, and yet still be spiritually vibrant. So I want to challenge you to reconsider your view of what a spiritually vibrant home looks like. What are you doing in your household to create a lifestyle of discipleship? Are you allowing God to work through the messy imperfection? Or are you stressing out because you feel like a failure? 
In the chapters that follow, we will discover specific practices to help us on this journey. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Don's work, check out lhm.org. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Don helps us discover how we can be intentional about the values of our homes. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.